This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome from me, Ashley James. Welcome to my brand new podcast, Mum's the Word Parenting Podcast. Do you know what? When I found out I was pregnant, I was like, I will not be a mummy blogger. I will not have a mum podcast. And here I am with a six-month-old son, like, here's my mummy podcast. But I am so excited to be able to basically just share my journey and talk about my journey and get you guys involved as well, as I feel like motherhood, parenthood in general is just... I nothing could have prepared me for the amazing highs but also the really confusing and conflicting feelings and the lows as well so I feel like I just wanted to create a podcast where nothing is off topics there's no taboos and also I get some help and advice from uh, different celebrity guests people of interest and also hear from you guys so I'm really really excited to kick things off with something that I think we all struggle with or I definitely am currently struggling with this week more than ever is the mum identity because you know before I was pregnant I was DJing traveling around the world I I was also like I I never want to be a mum so that just shows that you never quite know what life will throw at you and to be honest I have found it really difficult to kind of know my know my place and also to figure out the bits of the old Ashley who is obviously the same Ashley what bits I want to keep and what bits I like no longer serve me and it's so hard because I'm still coming to terms with being a mom and all the feelings that come with that and I think the biggest surprise for me was as someone that calls himself a feminist and considers himself really progressive I realized that I was actually like really misogynistic about mums and society in general I think has this kind of negative attitude towards mums in the way that you know dads are praised for kind of parenting really you know people call it daddy daycare or babysitting their children or being hands-on dads whereas we're kind of just expected to get on with it all whilst recovering and um I don't know I've just never experienced change like it you know changing my routine my relationship my friendships my social life my body work my sex life, 
basically just about everything has changed and I feel a little bit out of control. I feel disorientated. And let's be honest, change is hard. I found leaving university hard. I hated it. I never wanted to leave uni. And here I am now as a mom, more in love than ever. But also, it's just hard, isn't it? And the reason I want to talk about the mum identity is because I feel like there's so much sort of guilt and shame and feeling of being good enough. But also, I really find that I just don't have the time to do everything that I used to do. And I'm such a perfectionist. I want to be a good mum, but I also want a career. And then off the back of that, I'm desperately trying to scramble to have time to have friendships, which sounds ridiculous, and have self-love or time to myself that doesn't revolve around trying to catch up on work and babies. And I think it's just good to talk about because the mum identity is something from chatting to lots of you that everyone seems to struggle with and it's got nothing to do with how good of a mother we are or how much we love our children. I actually learned this word called matricence which is a bit like adolescence but for mums and it basically is this shift like obviously our bodies have changed, our routines have changed, everything's changed and it's that psychological development that we have when we become a mom and even just knowing that it's a word kind of helped me because I was like oh it's not just me that is struggling with all of these things so without further ado I have an amazing guest to help me basically tackle the mum identity I am so excited to have uh, today's guest, my debut guest, Roxy Nafusi. She is a self-development coach and manifesting expert. She's actually just been described by Forbes as the manifesting queen, which is just the coolest title ever. She runs workshops to over 500 people. She has an amazing podcast called The Moments That Made Me. And last but definitely not least, she um, is a mum to Wolf, who has just turned two years old. Hi, Roxy. Hi, my love. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining. I'm honestly so excited because when we speak about the mum identity, I feel like we actually had pretty similar journeys um, in that we met someone and had a baby quite quickly, but also that we were kind of living a kind of party lifestyle. So let's start with what were your first feelings when you found out you were pregnant? Oh, my gosh. So when I first found out I was pregnant, basically what had happened was... I had met Wade and on Rhea, which was a dating app, and we kind of, it was very whirlwind, and he kind of didn't get on his flight home, essentially. He was traveling through through London. And so we were kind of just in that kind of bubble where he didn't really know anyone in London. He moved in with me after five days, and you know the honeymoon phase, just incredible. And we went to, he went back to Australia to get his visa to move here. And after he went back, we met in Dubai, which is where my parents live. And we had a holiday. And at the end of the trip, I started feeling um, just really tired, a bit down um, and really flat. Like my my mood was just low. And I we flew back and I had lunch with my sister and her kids. And I said, you know, it's so weird. Like usually... After I come back from Dubai, when, when I see, see my parents, I'm always so rejuvenated and energized. And, you know, I'm in this new relationship. I should be feeling really good, but I just feel really flat. And she was like, you sure you're not pregnant? I was like, no, there's definitely no way. 
And um, she said, I'll oh, just take a test. We went to Sainsbury's with my niece, and, you know, and got the test and went home. And they were, un- Wade was there and they were unloading the shopping. And I went to the bathroom and I just went, what does the cross mean? What does the cross mean? And I just had silence. And then my sister just goes, you're pregnant. And I just burst into tears, like uncontrollable sobbing because I... I knew for me that in that moment, I was, I knew I was always gonna then have, I was gonna become a mother, right? So there was no question for me, but I was felt completely just like, just couldn't understand how this was happening. Didn't feel ready at all. And I, my kind of mental health very rapidly declined, like really almost within days because I felt like I just didn't even know this guy and he and Wade didn't really know anyone in London and I was how was I gonna have a baby with him and how was I gonna I was still smoking at the time you know I was smoking 25 cigarettes a day and still partying and I just felt totally unprepared I wonder if anyone ever feels prepared. Do you know what I mean? Because I feel like even when you really, really want a baby, the moment you find out you're pregnant, like I do feel like it's such a, there's so many questions of like, how am I going to cope? Am I going to be a good mom? What will I have to change? What can I keep? And I, I don't know about you, but I found that from the moment I announced my pregnancy, I was kind of inundated with advice a lot of it I didn't want or ask for and it was mainly negative did you find that do you know what I have so many nieces and nephews and so I've seen how much how every child is different and I already was felt very aware that any advice I was getting given was coming from a good place but that it didn't wasn't going to really make a difference to how I parented because in the end it was going to be my journey so I did find that people wanted to part their knowledge but I maybe I also didn't have as big a social media platform as you I feel like you're a much nicer person than me because you're like I really saw it came from a good place whereas I was like stop giving me (laughs) advice I think people just really, there is a definite, what I do get the sense of is like, there is kind of this real bond with amongst mothers where we have, I think it's really different depending on your platform, but I definitely get the sense that it was like, you're joining some club and I quite liked that. And so I liked hearing everybody's advice, but I never put, I also never picked up a book, um, like a parenting book. That wasn't, definitely wasn't my vibe. Yeah, that's interesting. It wasn't really my thing either because I very much, I feel like as someone that has always loved to travel and love to experience life and kind of take it as it comes, I found like the over planning and maybe that's also why I didn't like all the advice because I was like, I kind of just want to like figure things out on my own and have my own journey. Totally. Look, and, and there is no judgment because everybody has their own experience and some people really prefer to be planners. But I would definitely say that even things that, you know, like going into childbirth or thinking about breastfeeding and all those things, I just knew that anything I thought I was going to do when I was pregnant was not going to be what I would end up doing. So it was like there was no point in attaching to an idea. Yeah, that's really interesting because I, I personally, like I said, I didn't really plan a lot, but even what the kind of 
ideas that I had in my head about so many things have actually they're so different because I feel like once you have the baby there your kind of maternal instinct just sort of kicks in totally totally so let's um talk about obviously when Wolf was born how how did you feel about your mum identity and how did you come to terms with becoming a mum oh so I really didn't have the kind of Wolf arrived and I was madly in love that's the truth. And in fact, after such a horrific, I suffered, I was suffered such extreme depression during my pregnancy and the self-loathing was paramount. I mean, I'd locked myself in my house essentially for about six months. Um, I come for eight, I gained 30 kilos. It was just, I was in the worst place I've ever been mentally. And when Wolf arrived after this kind of 36 hour labor, I, I, they tried to put him on my boob and I was just like, get him off me. That was, I just was like, I can't, I felt sick. I was just like, I couldn't. And I found the bonding really difficult in the beginning because I didn't love myself. It was so, you know, and I really, this is why I talk so much about self-love now, because I honestly had so little love for myself and my own world. I, I didn't even, I didn't have the love to even like give to to what was around me and even my own son. And of course I, I there, not that to say that I was like completely, it wasn't like there was a negative feeling towards him, but it just wasn't that, that love that people describe that kind of, oh my goodness, he's in my arms, this is the best thing ever. It was, it was definitely not that. I love that you said that, by the way, because I was waiting for that moment. I, I actually love my pregnancy, um, but I, the childbirth was something that I really wasn't prepared for. I don't think you ever can be prepared for it. I felt like I was going to have this really like spiritual, amazing experience where I was like so connected mm. to Mother Nature, and it was good because I wasn't afraid of it. But it was quite a traumatic eighteen-hour experience. So when you say thirty-plus hours, I'm like, oh my god, you deserve a medal. Um, yeah. But I was waiting. I was like, this is the moment. I remember that feeling of like pure relief when Alf came out of me and then I was like yeah. waiting for the moment and they kind of like put this like wrinkly wet little thing on my chest and I was a bit like is that it like I don't I, I just want to I remember thinking like I still love my dog more I just want to go home and see my dog um, <laughs> but obviously it grows and now I love yeah. him to death but I am um, yeah. it's really nice to hear that somebody else didn't feel that instant love at first sight totally and I think it's really it's definitely like you know the movies and people talk and some people and a lot of people do really feel that and that's incredible but I just think it doesn't happen for everyone um and for me it took it took time like I don't know do you remember that you know that feeling when you take them home from the hospital as well you're like you're like wait 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 you're just gonna let me just take this child home but we don't even know what we're doing (laughs) And it was just like, it's so wild, the idea that when you leave hospital that you're just, that's it, you're then just responsible. Um, And I had a very different experience with breastfeeding than you in that I really didn't enjoy it. And I really struggled. Um, I really struggled with it. I think I did a few weeks and then I pumped exclusively and then I went on to formula. Did you feel a lot of like pressure or judgment or even guilt because you couldn't breastfeed? You know what? Not at all. I think there are so many women that don't or can't. And I think it's incredible that we do have formula that really works that as to me, uh, you know, it's not, 
breast is best, but fed is best. And, you know, it's like, I knew he was healthy. Like, thank, thank the universe. He was loved. He was in a safe home. He was in a safe environment. It didn't matter to me how he was being fed as long as he was being fed. And I really, um, I really try to avoid any judgment of myself or others. And that's just how I live my life. And it definitely really helped me during that time and my decision around breastfeeding. I think that's amazing and probably so comforting to people who are listening who maybe couldn't or even didn't want to. Because I do feel like for some reason, how you feed your child and how much your child sleeps seems to be this really divisive topic of conversation. And there is so much judgment, I'd say, on both sides. And I'm a bit like you. I was formula fed myself. So whilst I breastfeed, I'm also fully aware that formula is amazing and I'm fit and healthy as can be. And I was a formula baby. So um, I love that you kind of, that wasn't part of your struggle with feeding. Totally. And also I was very much on a journey to get myself back to feeling as good as I could mentally that was really a big priority for me I thought okay if I'm gonna like step up and be like the best mother I can be I need to be the the best that I can be mentally physically emotionally and so I really needed to make sure that I could, you know, for me, it was really important to start eating healthily straight away, to start moving my body, going for walks and doing whatever felt right for me at the time. Um, And if that meant not breastfeeding, then that was what I was going to do. Welcome to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, a brand new podcast bringing together people's real ghost, extraterrestrial and paranormal stories, as well as getting some inside details from those who study the supernatural. I'll be listening through your paranormal stories every week and try to understand them, as well as chatting about my own encounters with an occasional paranormal investigator too. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts from, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Acast. Just search for Paranormal Activity with Yvette Fielding. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. 
The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. You mentioned that you felt depressed during your pregnancy how did you feel like you suffered from postnatal depression or what was kind of like your journey to the position that you're in now which is just incredible where you're not only clearly have a lot of self-love but also you're helping other people to find it as well oh thank you well you know I think actually strangely enough I don't know if this had anything to do with it but I had my placenta encapsulated And I really think it helped me with my mood afterwards because I, um, although I was, you know, there was still, I was still on a journey of self-love, of course. It wasn't like it went, but I didn't feel, I felt actually really hopeful after because it was the end of a really dark period of pregnancy. My mental health definitely got better after I had Wolf. So... Again, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because mental health around pregnancy and most people don't really know about um, prenatal pregnancy, but postnatal pregnancy is very, um, you know, we we hear a lot about. But actually you can get either, you can get both. um, And it's just really important to just recognize it and not judge it and understand that the body is going through just so many hormonal changes that really is largely out of our control but then there are things that we can do to help ourselves I think what's really interesting and you touched on it that there are so many hormones going through our body and yeah it is so important that people kind of know and recognize it and don't judge it both in pregnancy and after pregnancy because also not just the hormones but I feel like this mum identity for me it was like the psychological side of it that floored me and um, I think it's really interesting as well talking to you because it just shows like me and you have such different experiences that I love my pregnancy. Uh, you've like suffered with your mental health during pregnancy. And then I had a really positive experience in what they call the fourth trimester. But then when Alf got to three months and even now I would say that my mental health is in the worst place it's ever been. And for me, it's oh because love. of, um, but do you know what I mean? I, I thank you. But I also, I would kind of recognize it and I try to be really open about it, but I just feel mm. like there's so much that I had no idea about before I became a mum that I couldn't even account for. And it's things like the expectation on mothers to kind of put up and shut up and do it all, but then to go to work and never ever talk about it. Whereas men, there's the, the even the language is different, you know, like hands on dads, mm. daddy daycare, doting dad. Whereas I feel like we're almost expected to do everything and get no praise for it. But also mm. the expectation is that you either go back to work and you never talk about your child or you stay at home, both of which are totally like perfectly valid options. But it's somebody who wants to do it to do both. Yeah. And especially because Tommy and I agreed to 50-50 parenting and he is amazing. But I'm like, I feel like society is so unequal like it's not fair like I want Mm. I want to be able to go to work and you know do all of those things and that's kind of like the place that I'm finding myself like struggling more with do you relate to that or I'm so sorry that you're feeling like that by the way and 
I think it's, I'm so glad that you are talking about it and that you're aware of it. And I certainly think that just no matter what anyone says, no one prepares you for that first year. And I really think it is the whole first year that is just such a roller coaster because it's just, it is just, you, you know, you get those days where you absolutely just think, I don't get a day off from this. You just, it's like this realization that like, it just does, you don't just, you can't switch it off then, which is amazing, but also just really overwhelming. And it is really exhausting. And I totally get what you mean. I, I saw you did a post about this a while ago about the language around um, like praising dads when they're helpful. And I totally, I totally agree. And it is so true. I hadn't really thought about it till you pointed it out. But I think, yeah, look, finding the identity stuff is really interesting because I think that we're, remember that we're really a result of our conditioning from when we're really young. So even as kids, you know, in in when we're playing, okay, so you'll see young girls have the dolls and playing and mothering and, and they're put like that kind of role play when you're kids, right? And so we're already kind of told that when we become mothers really that's that's it that's going to be our sole job and that it's our responsibility to to look after the our children and to create a nice home and not just look after the children but keep everything tidy and do the washing and do the cooking and you know all those things it's like you know looking after your baby is one thing but keeping a household going and running is like a whole other thing and then trying to do them together is just I do have a newfound respect for 50s housewives because I always say to Tommy, like, how did they also have the food on the table and have a tidy house? Like, I, <laughs> I, I used to think it was just kind of like this ladies who lunch, you know, like, oh, all I have to do all day is like push my pram around, have a glass of wine at lunchtime. <laughs> and then while the baby's sleeping, I'll clean the house. I, I, I... It's so true. Yeah. So we kind of have that mindset when we go into motherhood. Um, and although things are starting to change, um, and we ask, you know, it is becoming more, you know, spoken about that we can be working, working moms and all of this, but there is still some old conditioning there that we have to get past. But I really think that it is this kind of, it is always going to be about making sure that you are doing what is right for you and always questioning how much you're acting to please others or to fit with so that you don't feel judged by others so if you you know for all of us and for some people by the way they want to be stay-at-home moms and I applaud that it's like do you know what this is what I love and this is what I want to do and I think that should also be completely celebrated because there's also pressure the other way where what you're just a stay-at-home mom and I don't think that's right at all I think as we've said it's a full-time fucking job like and it should be you know appreciated and valued but if you want to be someone that is um that wants to be a working mom or not only you want to have a career you want to have a social life you want to spend time doing self-care you want to feel like you can go out and feel good I think it's really about understanding that you can be all these things like we are multifaceted people and being a mom doesn't have to be the it and shouldn't be the only thing that you are We're, we're all more much more than that and I think that 
I really try to, um, certainly the way I live my life is that Wolf is like my angel, my soulmate, love of my life. I enjoy every minute I spend with him, but he is just still just a part of my life. And I still really value my work. I still really value my time for myself. I still really value um, my friendships. So I think it's just, and date, you know, and day to day, my priorities do change. So on a day where work is my priority, and I know he's going to be with Wade, or he's at nursery, that's okay. How long did it take you to get into that place, though? Because I'm in, I'm in a position now where our six months, and he's still breastfeeding. So he literally can't be away from my boobs for long. Um, and I'm a bit like, oh, my God, I want to work and I want to have a social life. And um, when will I get these back? Because I love Alf and like you said, I I love him. He's my soulmate, but I'm also like, but I need a break. And there's no time for self-love. So did you find when, you know, in the in the uh, in the first year that it took you that bit of time to adapt? And like, when did you start to feel like you could have it all? It definitely took time, but I would say that the difference is that I wasn't breastfeeding. So it was easier for me. So don't give yourself like I wouldn't worry that it that's like six months is still I would say really early on in in the journey and you're remember everything is about kind of your priorities at the time and for you I would say that right now you've chosen that you want to breastfeed because that feels like the most amazing thing that you can do for you and Alf and your family and so there is a kind of it does and I, and I mean this in a kind way, but it, of course right now that is going to make you feel like you don't have the time for as much to be like separated from him. Um, but I think it really will come to that thing of going, it's not forever. This is like an amazing sacrifice that I'm making for now. Um, but what I can do is really get myself ready for whenever I decide that that time is is up or that I introduce, you know, whether you start, whatever process you do it. But, you know, you can at least take those gaps to yourself to prepare for, for what you want to do or to really take those, you know, the two hours or three hours between feeds. How can that be like really focused you time? And that's really just about like not having split focus. So it might be that you really have to be in another, like, you know, Tommy would have to actually take Alf out the house or you need to be in another room or just, it's almost like having to force yourself to to have like physical separation for a sh- amount of time so that you can have that focused time for yourself. I love this, that it's basically becoming a counselling session and I'm writing down like, tell me more, what can I do? Because I honestly feel like the last... I'd say for the last few weeks that I'm on a treadmill that's going faster than I can keep up with. And when I'm not with Alf, as much as I want self-care and need self-care and also want to like hang out with my friends, I'm also like, oh my God, now I need to catch up on this work. Now I need to catch up on this. And I'm, I feel like I'm constantly trying to be really present with Alf, but then also get everything done. And it, it does feel like I, I literally don't have enough time in the day to like send my friend a happy birthday text and then it makes me feel guilty because I'm like I don't want to be that person that forgets their friends if that makes sense did did you, you know ever- what though you 
you can't do it all. Like you just can't. Right now, your priority is, should be, is well, is that you're breastfeeding, which that's one of your priorities, okay? The other priority, you decide what that is, but you can't have like five. So your other priority might be that like right now, my mental health isn't feeling its best. So maybe I'm gonna just prioritize some self-care and I'm gonna, there's gonna be some aspects of my work that right now maybe is actually causing me too much stress. And I need to let go of them for now. And remember that everything is not forever. This is just like a small chapter and you just wanna give yourself the best opportunity to feel your best. And so it might be just about really sitting down and letting go of some things and just going, this is the time for this because all the other things will come. Your friends are still gonna be there. You know, that's all gonna, it will, they will understand. You just gotta do what's good. This is a really precious time for your mental health and for your family. And so really just don't rush it and just honor yourself. I actually love what you just said because it's kind of like saying everything's waiting for you in the future, but Alf will never be the age that he is now again. So it's kind of trying to live in, I feel like as humans, we're pretty bad at living in the present, aren't we? Totally. I wish, you know, one, and I don't really have any, I'm not really someone that has regrets, but I wish I had embraced, or I, I, I wish that I had been in a mental state where I really could have enjoyed the newborn stage more. And it definitely is one thing that I look back on. I think, oh, I really miss that because I was so in a rush to feel better and to feel myself again. And look, yes, now I'm in a great place. But I did, I do wish I'd just actually slowed down a bit at the beginning and, and enjoyed that time because you never get it back. How, how long do you think it took for you to start to feel like yourself again? Like how old was Wolf when you were like, I feel like I'm getting to grips with this identity thing. Honestly, I kind of threw my heart and soul into getting, I was, I remember I was driven from such pain. So I was in such a bad place and I don't want to say this and make everyone feel like, oh fuck. But I would say by like five months, I was like, I'm back. Because I would, but that was because that was my focus. Remember, it's all about like priorities. And my priority, I wasn't breastfeeding. So I didn't, I was much more, I had much more freedom in that sense. And I just went for it. I just thought I just have to just get back. But also I had Wade who was very hands-on as you have told me, which helped. But everybody's journey is very different. But I would say anyway, from a year that was, there was another shift again then. It's like everything just became so much easier. That's good. I'm like holding on, like I'm going to enjoy this time, but six months to go. And um, did you find that? How did you, how do you feel now looking back of the person that you were before Wolf came along and the person that you are now, how did you decide to juggle? So the way I see the identity thing is that before pregnancy or especially before childbirth, you've kind of got a jigsaw and, you know, for me personally, I'd spent a lot of time on like self-love and self-development. So I, I almost felt like I was down to the final 10 pieces that I was like, wow, I feel like I'm really starting to get this thing called life figured out. And then suddenly pregnancy came and childbirth came and suddenly there was like a hundred new pieces, but I didn't have any more spots to to fit everything in. So I was trying to, I guess I'm still trying to like figure out which ones to take away and which ones to keep. And, you know, you know like which bits of myself from before I want to cling on to and which bits I have to let go to kind of embrace this new life. 
if that makes sense. So how do you feel like you've changed? Well, I mean, I couldn't even describe the person I am today to the person I was before. And I think actually it's really nice what you've said because a big part of this and a big part of any self-development journey is letting go of these ideas of who you were and actually just embracing yourself as a whole new person. Because of course there are parts that we want to cling on to, but really like then they're, even those are new, you know? And I think really for me, it was going, I, at the beginning I thought, oh, maybe I still like partying. And I remember going out once and like, having a hangover and thought no I, no I don't I actually just don't like this anymore and that's okay I've just grown out of that that doesn't make me boring doesn't make me this it's just not who I am anymore um or you know I think really yeah it's just looking back and going there are things about myself my life before that maybe I want to incorporate now but then there is a lot that you just do want to let go of. And I think we have such a fear of letting go, but it's so empowering. And really, you know, I really just, I'm all about transformation and every day you're someone new. And so it's really just, I would say that I've never, I've definitely never felt better or felt more empowered or content. And I think one thing about becoming a parent um, is that I realize that I am just at my happiest, you know, in a playground, watching Wolf play in the park. And that is genuine joy. And whereas before I thought that joy came from, you know, drinking, taking drugs, smoking, that wasn't real happiness. That was just a chemical high. And now, you you know, you'll be sat, you know, reading you know, I read Wolf his bedtime stories or I see him on his scooter or him chatting and, you know, there's no feeling like it. And you realize that life is just made up of all these beautiful moments and having a child really gives you these precious moments every day. So many of them. And that's incredible. Oh my God, I absolutely love that. And I feel like you've given so much hope to me and probably loads of other people who are battling with the identity. And it's interesting what you said earlier, how, you know, you didn't want to be just a mom and whether or not you choose to go back to a job or whether or not you give you give up your career you're never just a mom and it's, it's definitely not a negative thing which we think before we have children or at least I did anyway like it's so nice and reassuring to hear you talk so yeah it sounds like you've got everything like really together and that there is hope out of the kind of what I like to call the matrosense period, that kind of like adolescence of motherhood. Um, so thank you so much for coming on here and like sharing your journey with me. And um, yeah, I feel I feel optimistic for the future, but I now know that I have to live in the present as well. Oh, thank you so much for having me, love. And absolutely, it's just, I keep saying it, life is for living. So there's no rush. I love that. Thank you, Roxy. Thank you, love. So every week I'm going to answer a question from one of you guys. So uh, if you want to get involved either on a topic that we've talked about, something you want to talk about, then leave a review on the Apple podcast. It genuinely does help to leave five stars because I'm more likely to see it. This is not emotional blackmail to give me five stars, but it will help. Otherwise, you can obviously DM me at Ashley Louise James on Instagram. Uh, and that is how I've heard from this lovely lady, Sarah. She says, I'm currently seven months pregnant and I'm really on edge for what's to come. 
What preparations did you make before the due date? Is there a set of essentials I should be packing to take to the hospital? How nicely does that follow on from Roxy's advice of like trying to stay in the present? Um, But also I get it because at seven months pregnant, I was like, what do I need? And I spent so much time researching hospital bags. And do you know what? That actually gave me so much reassurance. And for me personally, I literally packed everything but the kitchen sink and I didn't need any of it. However, you can't, you can never plan childbirth because it's so unique and different. And, you know, you might be in hospital 20 minutes or you might be in for a few days. So personally, I found that it was better to be overprepared than underprepared. Um, but equally, just know that you don't really need anything. Like they even have nappies. They've got milk. They've got anything you could possibly need. So my only bit of advice would be don't forget you because it's easy just to think of the baby, but actually, you know, you're going to need something like a nighty, maybe a nursing bra, lots of pads. Um, yeah, whatever it is, just remember, don't forget you. And I guess we can both take advice from Roxy that try not to plan the future because it's unplannable and just uh, enjoy the present. And take lots of pictures because honestly, I look back and just think how beautiful I looked in pregnancy, like my bump and everything. And I love knowing now that it's Alf. That's all we've got time for today, though. So thank you so much for listening to me, Ashley James, Mum's the Word, the parenting podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow button so you never miss an episode. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, like I mentioned, please leave a review, a five star one. It helps others to find us. And if you do want to spread the news, tell another person about the podcast and help me to reach more people. And I'll be back next week with another episode. Same time, same place, different guest. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.